everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Marina Tran Vu, founder and CEO of ECO, and also the winner of the ASEAN 2021 Young Entrepreneur Award. Vietnam-based Eco is best known for creating eco-friendly straws with even higher sustainability and hygiene credentials over current metal or paper straws, which have also been launched internationally in Singapore. So hello, Marina. Welcome to the podcast, first of all, and thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you so much for having me. Really great to have you here. And I think the first thing I'd like to start talking to you about is definitely the straws. So please do tell us more about these. You know, I know you use really interesting materials like coconut, sugarcane, and even grass. So what led you guys to think of these materials? So our products are made out of natural materials like grass, rice, coconut, sugarcane, and coffee. And I know that's a lot of options, but um, it's an interesting thing. I think there's a lot of different uh, natural materials that can be solutions for some of the single-use plastic and even paper items that we currently have. And so um, coming up with uh, the idea around uh, building the brand and also um, sharing it with the world, um, the biggest thing I wanted to do as an idea was just to let people know, not only in Asia, but all over the world that there are different materials available. Uh, I, I don't know how many times, to be honest with you, people have told me, I didn't know that, you know, this could be made of this material, or I didn't know that this material existed and was strong. So that's something I think that has been one of our biggest goals and one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we've seen that gives us validation of why we exist. I guess we talked about this briefly before, but you know, perhaps for the sake of our listeners, could you tell us again the benefits of using all of these materials you mentioned over current mainstream options such as metal straws or paper straws? Absolutely. The first benefit is the fact that it is 100% plastic-free and compostable. Um, that's a really big thing for us. We're not trying to replace everything that's plastic in this world. You know, that's not really um, the idea here. It's just to replace anything that is considered single-use plastic. So on average, a uh, piece of single-use plastic is used for about 15 to 20 minutes or less and then thrown away. And what results after it's thrown away is it actually lasts on the planet for about 100 or 200 years after you've used it. So when you think about it in that way, it doesn't really make sense for us to create products that are just single-use um, out of plastic. And then I mentioned compostable. I think there's a lot of confusion nowadays with, you know, recyclable, compostable, biodegradable, what's really good for the environment. And at the end of the day, um, compostability is a big part of our business. Uh, we choose that over biodegrading or recycling primarily because um, anything can actually be biodegradable as long as it breaks down. That's really the definition of it. But being compostable means it can break down into organic compounds, which really don't cause a lot of harm to the planet. And so that is why we are so focused on that as a key benefit. And then aside from that, you know, some of the key benefits that we also have for our products is that you actually have a choice. You know, before you only got plastic and, and paper as choices, you know, paper can get really soggy, plastic, not great for the planet. We offer a choice of materials. So with all the different materials like the grass, rice, coconut, sugar cane, and coffee, um, you get to choose basically a straw that matches your preferences. And it sounds weird, but people are quite picky when it comes to the type of straw that they use as well. So those are some of the things that we try to bring uh, to the table for consumers. 
in terms of cost, because you know this is something that consumers are going to be most interested in, how great is the current cost difference that you have between your straws and the metal straws or the paper straws, as well as with, of course, the plastic straws? I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush and say that you know we're uh, cost comparative to either plastic or paper. Plastic and paper have been around for decades, been allowed to be you know mass commercialized into other different materials as well. So obviously, the costing on those materials are still going to be much, much more efficient and much lower than the cost of materials like the ones that we're using. So on average, a plastic straw costs about one tenth of a cent and a paper straw about half a cent. And our straws right now are anywhere from three to six cents um, as of right now. There is a large cost disparity, but I've been seeing this kind of time and time again, you know, there's rising costs in terms of production of plastic. People are understanding now that, you know, it's there's not just the, the physical cost of um, dollars, but also the intangible cost to the environment, to our health, the fact that we're eating a credit card's worth um, worth of plastic every single year. That's the kind of the intangible cost. So we try to get people to look at it from that view in terms of a cost comparison. Now with materials like metal and silicone, those are a lot more durable, 100%. Um, those materials do cost uh, more primarily because they are um, meant to last a little bit longer. But then also one of the things that we try to get people to see is from a viewpoint that silicone and metal um, are also not great for the environment. There's no way to basically have them decompose. Um, and it's, it is also very difficult to have them recycled and reused um, back into the environment. So that's something that we try to emphasize. So focusing on uh, products that not only have, you know, a fairly low cost in terms of materials, but also pretty no, pretty much no cost when it comes to the cost to our environment. Since you are based in Vietnam, you know, I'd like to take this chance to also ask a bit more about the state of sustainability and awareness in this country. So how mature is this sector here? You know, are consumers and the government very aware, very proactive about this? How do you how would you say it compares with like you know Western countries first and also other Asian countries? Yeah, you know, I will say that you know um Vietnam and other countries like Singapore um, are not too far behind the West when it comes to sustainability. I think it's just different levels of education and action that's being taken in place. So what I mean by that is, you know, in the West, there's a lot of talk about sustainability. Um, there's also a lot of laws that come into place. But when it comes to kind of the act of sustainability and also sustainable materials, actually over in Asia, there's a lot more variety that's available. There's a lot more adoption that's taking place on a daily basis even without kind of um, the larger social movement or without uh, government intervention there. And so I think it's quite balanced when it comes to progress in terms of sustainability worldwide. I think it's just in different facets. I guess now we've talked a fair bit about the firm, about the industry, but now I'd like to find out more about your own entrepreneurial journey so far. So mm -hmm. I understand your background is mostly in areas like branding and marketing. So how did you find yourself here, you know, as a socially driven entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest kind of reason why I started this was, um, you know, about three years ago, I moved over to Vietnam. Um, it was uh, for personal reasons to help out my my family. Um, I was only meant to stay there for a year, um, but uh, basically I fell in love with Vietnam. Vietnam's a, a beautiful country. The people are amazing and the opportunities here are, are great. And it's one of the biggest uh, exporters of coffee in the world. Um, and so naturally there's a lot of coffee shops that, are around Vietnam. And so I just kept visiting coffee shop after coffee shop. 
And then one day I saw this, this kind of green thing in my drink and I was like, what is this? And it turned out to be a grass straw. And that's really what started the journey. And then coincidentally, um, at the same time, my, uh, my nephew was born uh, and I don't know what it is about, you know, little babies, <laughs> but, you know, they come into the world, they come into your life and then all of a sudden it changes uh, your world and, and what you want to do. And one thing that really drives me every single day is, you know, not just having a career and having, um, you know, a, a long legacy of great marketing campaigns that, you know, I've done, but I really wanted to do something for my nephew and for the generations after him. And the best thing I could kind of think of was to make sure that the earth was still existing or at least preserved in the way that I grew up uh, in it enough for, for him and, and his children as well. You know, I really don't want them to have to move to Mars or something because we've, we've <laughs> yeah, damaged the planet, you know? I am also wondering, um, what has struck you as the main standout difference between the current, you know, sustainability in food and beverage sort of industry that you are in right now, you know, and what you've been doing previously? I think the biggest thing that um, has struck me is how more aware people are now. I mean, previously, I think uh, a lot of people kind of turned a blind eye to where uh, they sourced materials or where things came from. And also um, after um, products are used or eaten, um, you know, what impact they have on the earth afterwards and where they go. I think that level of awareness is just showing some real progress within the food industry, showing that, you know, people do want to be responsible. They don't want to kind of turn a blind eye anymore. They really do care about where they get their fruits and their vegetables and their materials and the impact that it has um, afterwards. I think also something that has really changed is that um, a lot of people in the food industry understand the impact that they have on the consumers, on changing consumer behaviors. So I, I, I've seen that shift in the industry, and I think it's a wonderful shift. The one thing I will caveat is that, unfortunately, with COVID in the past two years, I do see that um, those conversations around sustainability and, and sourcing taking a slight hit um, and taking more of a backseat, obviously, to the larger pandemic issue. And so I'm hoping that that's and that kind of reverses and goes back to the way and the, and the progress I was making before. I am curious what you are seeing as the main challenge in tackling plastic items for food and beverage, like, you know, straws and forks, as you mentioned, you know, as compared to other items as perhaps like stationery or bags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say um, the two biggest issues that we have are obviously cost, um, which we talked about. Um, I understand, you know, small businesses, um, food and beverage businesses, they are very, very focused on, you know, every dollar um, in terms of the bottom line, as well as their pricing to their consumers. So they're very concerned about that. So uh, it is always a challenge when we're trying to sell in a product like ours that's more sustainable. And so it's just really trying to find those people who do have the same sort of mindset as us in terms of, you know, uh, the cost might be higher now, but the resulting cost later on, it, both intangible and not, is going to be much, uh, much lower. So um, that's something that we face as a huge challenge. And then the second challenge is really in terms of expectations. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there is a lot of expectation that the materials that we provide um, for our products are going to be um, exactly um, as strong as or even better than plastic or paper. Plastic and paper, you know, uh, for the most part, as people understand, or even styrofoam, they're just man-made products that have the capabilities to be a lot more durable than natural materials. It's, it's just kind of a, 
um, it's just kind of logical in terms of um, the, the state of the material. So that's something that we do fight against a little bit. I would say that um, when people um, expect um, or want uh, edible products, um, you know, uh, I, I would curb the expectations that, again, in terms of quality, in terms of durability, that they would be able to last as long. For example, our rice straws are the only edible products that we recommend um, to eat <laughs> or to you know cook with. But the reality is, you know, if you're going to be using that in our drink, it may not be as durable. The rice straw would last um, up to an hour. So that's kind of um, a big difference. I think um, there has to be a little bit of a understanding and a compromise that if you're looking for um, certain features and benefits, that there is a compromise uh, in terms of how durable they are. Where do you see Equal uh, and yourself also, you know, in the next 12 months and perhaps five years down the line from now? Well, uh, I would say in 12 months, uh, I do hope that we get to expand to different uh, countries. I do hope that, you know, a lot of large retailers, a lot of food service businesses like McDonald's or the Walmarts of the world or, you know, the Popeye's KFCs of the world, I really hope that they give us a chance. Um, you know, uh, one thing that we do fight against quite a bit is um, a lot of the red tape and also a lot of the legacy around using previous materials like paper and plastic. I think if a lot of these larger uh, food service companies and giants and, and corporate giants, you know, give companies like ours a chance, they'll really find that the innovation that we have to offer um, are better solutions than what they're they're currently using. So I'm hoping in within the 12, uh, the next 12 months that we're able to get someone's attention within the, that space and at that level to be able to grow our business. And um, I'd love to see our products in as many countries as possible, hopefully launching in Europe, maybe in Japan, Korea, just um, a lot of other countries just to see um, our reach and also um, hopefully uh, giving us a chance to educate more countries on sustainability. Uh, and then five years down the line, uh, I hope we're still around, you know, um, the metrics around uh, startups um, and the failure rates around startups are, is quite high and daunting, but, you know, we've already made it past two years. We're on year three right now. Um, I have high hopes for us. So I'm hoping that we're still around. I'm hoping that we're, we're building categories within uh, grocery stores, supermarket chains, and showing people that, you know, these are all the different options. It is not easy approaching mm. uh, giants when you're kind of a one tiny company at a, at a Vietnam. Mm, <laughs> uh, and so it, it can be quite daunting. So if anyone's listening and if anyone, um, you know, is able to help us make that connection, just know, like, give us a chance, give, give equal a chance. We, we will surprise you with the uh, capabilities that we have to be able to deliver sustainable materials and also drive education. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marina. It was so wonderful to catch up with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. And, and this was so fun. Thank you. And thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearlie signing out.